rest in peace is what your parents will be saying if you don't smoke responsibly because you know what happened was I tore my like uh oh, fuck I forgot already we're just gonna move on ahead welcome to the channel smoke responsibly don't be a dumbass he'll remember the intro next video yeah like we're, we're pretty beat. My mind is going a mile a minute. So. Yeah, we're actually doing the podcast on the way home from work. Yeah, and holy shit, you know what that means? What? That means we're on tour. Yes, holy it shit. does. Holy we, shit. We and Wrestling is on tour for about... uh like another, minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this video is mainly going to be about... Uh, Taker's retirement, however long that will last, but... And we have a couple of announcements as of uh, content coming to the page and uh, YouTube channel. Yes. So, would you like to start with the announcements? I would like to start with the announcements. So, I put a post up on Instagram the other day of what you guys would think of 2K19 gaming because 2K20 sucks giant anal fluid. Got plenty of good feedback on it, so... Besides Blaze commenting yes like 23 yes. times. Yeah, yeah. And yes, I liked every single comment of yeah, it. Yeah, he did that. Uh, so, starting soon, can't give an official date yet. We still got to work out a couple things. Starting soon, we'll be doing 2K gaming. Each of us will have our own brand. And no, it's not going to be Raw, it's not going to be SmackDown, we're going to keep NXT, but Raw and SmackDown will be replaced by either ECW, AEW, Ring of Honor, or any other other good promotion out there aside from WWE. Well, I have like WWE on my 2K, like Universal 2K7. And we will have... <laughs> Just way to fuck me over. And we will have, I know it's going to be long, but I want you guys to see the fact that we're drafting responsibly... We are going to have a live 2K draft on our YouTube channel once this stuff gets start rolling. Again? Yes, We're we are. We're doing another one? Yes, we are. Oh, come on. I got, like, all the people I want. <laughs> okay, can we at least call dibs on, like, ten people? Yes, we can okay. call dibs on ten people. Okay. Ten. Only ten. The magic number is ten. Okay. Ty Dillinger, rest in peace, ten. That's how many we're rolling with. Okay. So that gives me fucking time to go through shit. Yes, it does. And also, I'm going to be deleting fucking characters that are going through, you know, their own controversies and stuff like that. You know, Jackson Riker. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I really don't want to be playing as a racist on my console. I, I mean, don't want him on my console. I, I mean, I had the Forgotten Sons on yeah, my I'll leave the rest of them. I'm just going to get rid of this one. I mean, I'll gladly keep Steve Cutler and... Uh, Blake. Wesley Blake. It's just like, I, I don't want to, like, have, like, that issue where it's like, oh, like, yeah, you're, um, like, it looks like we're supporting yeah, and, them. And, and that's the thing. So, like, because, you know, obviously no Havoc. Because, for now, yeah, no Riddle. No Riddle. Because I, of things going on and we don't want to keep adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. All superstars that were proven to be called racist will not be on any of our shows. Either racist or spoken out and speaking out movement thing, which is going to be its own video. Yeah, that's going to be its own podcast on its own. Yeah, like there's I literally... too much to talk about with that one. But for this one, we focus on the retirement of probably God. I wouldn't say he's God. Like to say that he's God, it would a man, have to assure that he's literally the greatest ever, no matter who he gets in the ring man, with. A man that's literally saw every era 
of wrestling Until as now. time passed. And that is The Undertaker. God, well, man. if anybody's been keeping up with the Last Ride documentary, I don't know what people thought the ending or finale was going to be. I knew it was going to end with his retirement. I knew that was the only way it was going to end. Uh, people thought it was... Uh, I thought for a while it was going to be, you know, maybe the announcement of one final match against Styles, considering, you know, the whole pandemic changed that match. But, like, once they announced, like, the series and shit after the match, I was like, yeah, no, he's done after this. Because that match got so much feedback. That was the greatest thing everybody loved on night one. Yep. So it's like, I knew when they announced that, I'm like, yep, he's done. It's it's going to be, it's going to end with him retiring, and it did. Uh, but he pretty much said, like, you know, uh, he can't say never say never because if Vince is in a bind, like, would I do it? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Like, we'll have to see when we get to that point. But if there's a desire for me personally to do it, he's like, I guess the cowboy really did right off. And the, to hear that was just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I was just like, damn, we like, I didn't think I'd actually like see it just because he's like, as you said, guy of every era, he's like golden era, attitude era, like ruthless aggression, PG, Reality, whatever the hell you want to name it, he's been a part of everything. Yep. Like, he's done it all. He's, like, literally... There's really a short-ass list to say what he hasn't done. The only thing I could think of is not King of the Ring, not Money in the Bank. But then again, he's so damn good, he doesn't fucking need it. Uh, but, yeah, like, to actually have, like, the company go ahead and retweet, like, oh, thank you, Taker. It at least makes me feel good knowing that hopefully they don't call him back into it. Yeah. Because, uh... There, there, there's been a couple of occasions where we've said, yo, please do not put him in another match. Yeah, uh, for me, that one that one match was, uh, the Goldberg one. No, for me, it was Lesnar and Taker. That was the one for you? That was the one for me. After I after I heard the end results of the injuries he suffered. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, for anybody who doesn't know, for his match with uh, Brock at 30, at some point in the match, he got concussed. Yep. And literally, he said the last thing he could remember is a conversation he had with his wife at 3 p.m. that day. Everything else, can't remember. So... He pretty much said, like, you know, like, he wanted to set out and prove himself. And he even said in the series that he really needed a... That Triple H gave him a boost at 31. Like, yo, you're fucking Undertaker. Like, what are you nervous about? You know, because obviously that affected him and that made him start to think about it. Uh, originally, as we all thought at the time, I thought it was it for him after WrestleMania 33 of that match with Roman. Yeah. I thought that was it. Yeah, I actually was crying I, when he did that. I can I started, agree. I was starting to cry. Like, I was like, yo, like, I did not think I would actually, like, see it, like, live, live, like, on TV like that. Like, because I was just nuts. Because it's like, we really are witnessing, like, the end of probably one of the greatest careers in wrestling. Fuck WWE. Like... This guy literally lived and breathed fucking, like, WWE. Like, never jumped ship. Never had a contract dispute. Put everybody over. Literally. And it's like, even some people that we didn't think needed to be put over. Yep. He put them over anyway. Yep. 
like, uh, even the streak, like, he even asked Vince, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, because, you know, da-da-da-da. And he's like, if not Brock, then who? And he's like, eh, like, you know, it's your call. Like, I trust you and everything. And throughout the series, you actually see how close him and Vince really are. Yeah. They are so close. It's not even funny. Like, you even see Vince tear up when somebody asked him, like, how, how would you describe how you feel about Taker? And he literally just starts to tear up and just asked for the camera to get cut. Didn't uh, Vince and uh, Undertaker get into a disagreement? Yeah. The, for those who kept up with, like, you know, StarCast and all that, like, uh, there was this thing uh, in StarCast right before, uh, I believe, All Out, where StarCast is known for having this panel filled with, like, packed legends and everything that was supposed to happen and shit. Uh, it may not, actually, it may not have been all out. I think it, I think it was actually, du- yeah, it was double or nothing because it was their first show. So, uh, Taker was announced for the panel, uh, on StarCast of a meet and greet and along with, uh, Angle. And mind you, he does not keep up with anything outside of WWE at all. So Vince pretty much told him like, oh, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing a meet and greet. And he's like, oh, well, people here are thinking that you're there for AEW. And he's like, what? Like, come on. Ser- like, seriously, I'm Undertaker. Like, I'm not going to jump ship. I've, I've been here forever. And they even said that started a dispute between him and Vince. And they actually didn't even talk for a while, which is something I had no clue of at all. I didn't think anything could actually come between them at all in the first place. You would think. Yeah, you would think. But, uh. They ended up getting on terms and everything, and, uh, like, he started to wind down everything, and they covered literally every, almost every aspect of of his career, like, stuff with Kane, obviously Paul Bear, the streak they covered, uh, his, him staying in character, they covered that intensely, they even covered and showed video of, like, people trying to get him to break character, Kurt Angle having the best attempt I've ever seen, (laughs) The Taker Rooney. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't show. They didn't show all of it, but they did show like a clip of it. Oh my God! The Taker Rooney. The night that all of them tried to get Undertaker to do a spinner Rooney. They showed the clip of uh, Booker talking to him, but Angle had the best attempt to break his character. I don't want to say what it is because I really think you should go and watch it. Uh, it might have been the third episode. I can't really remember. But it was an overall great thing. I really wish WWE Network did put shit like this on because that's what makes it good to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, um, to have him, like, like gone and confirmed, retired, everything, it's really, really going to be interesting to see who's going to, like, you know, try and fill his shoes because, like, anybody who's going to say, like, oh, Nobody can fill Taker's spot. You know somebody's going to try. And also, it's going to leave a huge vacuum because it's just like, yo, no more manias ever without Taker unless, like, you know, Hall of Fame type thing. But, like, no more matches, like, hopefully, I would like to say. Because it's like I want him to, like, you know, obviously have, like, good health and all that and to, like, have, like, his match with Styles be the last one because... Which was a really good match. Yeah, and... The one thing they also talked about is how uh, that match came to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I didn't know is that uh, 
Taker and his wife Michelle actually are friends with uh, uh, one of Styles' friends, and they have like a mutual thing. Yeah. So they're like literally like talking about it, and when uh, he showed up on Austin's podcast, Styles saw it and said, "Sounds like he's actually going to have like a few more matches." So he called them and pretty much said like. Oh hey, like uh, if you're interested, like very much would love to work in the ring with you and this, this, and this. And he's like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm still gonna go through with it. Like you know, still thinking da 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 da. And he's like, you know, well, just think about it. And his wife and everybody's like saying, like you know, like that's AJ Styles. Like, is there anybody to not like have a better match against? Like, it's like yo, he can get a good match out of anybody, and it's like they start covering how Taker works better with smaller guys anyway. They're showing clips with him and Punk at Mania 29, him and Angle and uh, Mysterio and obviously Michaels. And it just like, they start to like really hit it home that it's just like, they use the term chasing the dragon so many times in this series. And they said that like the dragon being AJ Styles is a very interesting dragon to chase. And I like how they actually ripped, (laughs) they ripped Styles like Taker called up Vince and he's like alright I want to go with Styles but I wanted you to tell him that I that I am go- doing a match but it's not going to be with him so Vince pretty much called him he's like oh like Taker's doing a match and he's like uh, but it's like not going to be with you like we're sorry and like Styles like okay then who's going to be against he's like oh there's some guy like some kid over in Tennessee that he wants to put over and they're like he's like what <laughs> some kid in Tennessee and he's just like come on really really and with that we'll be back with some of our favorite Undertaker moments discuss uh taker's retirement and last time we ended off we were about to start our favorite like moments and matches with taker so nick you got any you like to start off with punk and taker punk and taker punk and fucking taker god damn that build up was fucking amazing i feel we were owed a good taker punk feud after you know the 09 one was kind of considering you know punk didn't want to wear a suit backstage and and you know him saying how come Cena doesn't wear one to Taker and you know it's fucking Taker so so yeah there was that but what made that feud so good was the fact that Paul passed away and they were literally doing like a memorial service for it then out comes Punk and I'm just like oh god we're really getting Punk and Taker at Mania this is gonna be sweet so he's like comes out I'd like to wish you my condolences for your loss at Wrestlemania oof and of course they ended up having the best damn match on the card fuck you Cena Rock nothing against those two but it's like twice in a lifetime yeah after being advertised as once in a lifetime Uh, we all knew it was you know false false advertisement much like the greatest match ever between Randy Orton and Edge Uh, twice in a lifetime not when the once in a lifetime made that much money (laughs) like come on Uh, but that feud was amazing their match was great Um, 
like, the match had so many goddamn false finishes. The elbow through the table, him hitting the damn tombstone on Taker. I thought it was over when he went for the last ride and he smashed the urn on his head. Yep. I thought it was over then. I'm like, yep, streak's over. Punk is officially the best in the world now. Nobody can say shit. Kicks out. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, but one of my favorites probably has to be... Uh, probably his match with Angle at No Way Out. That was a good one. That's probably one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen Taker have ever. That was probably that's probably my one of my favorite Taker matches because just like uh, them going back and forth, like you really felt like Taker really can keep up with like an Olympic gold medalist, and that's not something you could really say about somebody else that's a wrestler besides like you know Angle who does have a gold medal. Yeah, with a broken freaking neck, but. Which he keeps reminding us about. He, he won it with a broken freaking neck for this country. He can remind us about it all he fucking wants. Like, that match was a classic. Um, his feud with Bray that was so good he didn't show up for the build-up. <laughs> uh, what else did Taker do that was good? The bo- the oh, probably when he buried, probably when he killed Paul Bearer and encased yes. in cement. That was awesome. The Dudley Boys were feuding with the Undertaker, and it was a handicap match, I believe. Yeah, it was a two-on-one, two-on-one handicap match. match. And if Undertaker lost, Paul Bearer will be fucking encased in, encased cement. in cement, only to show up the next night. Um, <laughs> and then. And then un- they swerved us. Well, Undertaker swerved us. Because he won the match and then proceeded to pour cement on Paul Bearer. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Murder, that's what the fuck happened. Murder, only for Paul Bearer to show up the next night. Uh, Yeah, moving on. Brock and Taker was good. Uh, the Mania match, it's still iconic. It's still worth a watch for the moment it is. Because it truly is a very important match in wrestling. And there were times where you thought it could go either way. Even before the match, you knew it was going to go either way. I, at first, I had Taker all the way. I was so like, I. I was like, after after the streak hit a certain number, I was like, I don't think it's ever gonna like end. Dude, I was at a TJI Fridays with friends watching that, and literally when Taker lost, one dude was in the middle of drinking his beer, and you could see it pour down the side of his face because he was just frozen. Holy shit! Have I never heard? Have I never seen a bunch of hand over faces? Hands on heads, hands over faces. Like never have I seen that many in one room at one time. And not only that, if you just watch it, it wasn't even like like everybody wants to be like, oh, there were like boos. It was like not even boos. Like they started booing Brock when he got on the rampway to leave because that's how long it took for everybody to set in. Like the streak just ended. And then there's the ironic Kobe moment. Bombs away! Uh, Undertaker tossing Mick Foley off the top of the cage, which was Mick's idea. That, that was that great. Part, that part was supposed to happen. Him going through the roof of it into the ring was not. Yep. And then, like, him, like, choke slamming Terry Funk and the shoes just flying off. <laughs> and as Mick Foley just said, me being heavily concussed, the first thing I thought was, where'd those shoes come from? 
And then Undertaker continu- continues, you know, tossing people from cages when he tossed fucking Rikishi off oh, the God. cell. That one was just awful. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember Rikishi was hesitant about doing it, so I think it was... Was it uh, Shane or Vince that uh, Vince, took the bump to show how safe it was? Uh, Shane did it once. I think Vince had to do it three times before uh, he was convinced. Yeah. And Vince, all the power to him, fucking took it like a champ. Uh, one of my... Oh, God. I cannot talk about Taker without talking about probably one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. His match with Michaels at 25 was just perfection. Yes. The fact that that match is not five stars, Dave Meltzer feel ashamed. And then that was literally the... That's literally the standard of a perfect wrestling match. Perfect build perfect execution and perfect stage like literally like that match literally changed what a match at mania could be like to show you don't have to like have a title you don't have to like you know like win a rumble it's like yo just have to have the right build the right opponent right atmosphere just everything and these guys meshed perfectly Taker's face when Michaels kicked out of the tombstone was one of the most iconic things ever. Like, it literally... That was like the first uh, pay-per-view I watched in full. And I knew it was a good match, even though I was new to it. So, for me to say that just goes to show how fucking good that match is. You know, the fact that, you know, Jimmy Snuka's son almost died, but... (laughs) You know, the cameraman spot... That which is not no not in the joke about because you know we, thank God he's okay but it's like at the time you literally heard a crack when he landed on him and it's like is that the camera or him? But the match was perfect. The second match that followed it, which how the hell could you even follow it? Triple H and Undertaker, end of an era. Dude, I, I thought that was gonna be Taker's last match for a while until he came back to face Punk. Because it was literally in the name, end of an era. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, Michaels, Triple H, and Taker, literally the last gas with the Attitude Era, and it's in Hell in a Cell, JR commentary. Yep, sounds like a good way for Taker to go. And even Taker even said on Austin's podcast, like, when he took that moment and they're, like, on, like, the stage looking out into the crowd, he even said, like, that moment was not planned, and at that moment, I had no clue if I was coming back to wrestle the next year. He's like, I don't know if I was coming back. There was nothing slated for me at all. Like, I thought that was... I thought that was kind of it for me. Yeah. And I thought that was it, too. Because it's like... Ooh, that match was so good. The fucking... I can't talk about that match and not talk about the super kick into the pedigree. Wait, if you thought the streak was not over, you're a fucking liar. We all thought it was over. Yeah. Two damn finishers in a row. Two P-drops came out. Oh, God. And then he kicks out. Shawn Michaels starts having a nervous breakdown in the corner. And Triple H is trying to figure out how much he has to fucking do to kill him. At that point, I just say, go. I might as well go all the way in the back and get the fucking kitchen sink. Because you've hit him with everything else besides fucking that. Yeah. But, uh... You can literally go on and on about everything Taker's done. Like, uh, when he won the Rumble and had literally, in my opinion, the best match at 23. His multi-time title reigns... One of the longest reigning hardcore champions. Yeah. Like, 
That's the one thing I like. When he was there's hardcore a, champion, it's just like, there, there, <laughs> good luck there, taking there, it. There's only one person that has him beat when it comes to most wins. Uh, Raven. Raven? Raven? Oh, yeah, because he held it longer than him. Yep. Raven, I believe, was... I believe either 17 to 20. Yeah, like I think he had a In lot... In that range. Yeah, I think he had about like a, another month on Taker. Yeah. I think Undertaker had about 15 or 16 successful wins. Yeah. But his his infamous casket matches, his infamous buried alive matches. That he lost most of. Lost pretty much most of. Uh, uh, the Inferno matches with Kane. Yeah, the Kane and Undertaker rivalry constantly. Yeah, the, one of the, I don't care what anybody says, probably one of the best debuts and one of the best matches ever. First ever Hell in a Cell and Taker's brother, which nobody knew what the hell that was going to be. Yep. And just Paul building it was just like, Kane is alive! And it's just like, who the fuck is Kane? And it's like, oh, his brother, and then the match happened, and of course Michaels and him tore the house down, and then Kane comes out with Bear, takes the damn door off the damn hinges, tombstones Taker, Michaels wins, and literally started probably one of the best kayfabe sibling feuds ever. And that just turned into literally like a shtick to where it's like we love seeing them fight, but it's like even somewhat cooler when they team up together too. Yeah. But uh his cat his casket matches with Yokozuna, Mabel, which honestly, if you haven't seen Undertaker's feud with Mabel, now if you don't know who King Mabel or Mabel is, Big Daddy V is Big Daddy V or Viscera when he first started RIP back in the golden era. The one of the casket match was fantastic to where they stole the Undertaker's urn, melted it down into gold chains which Mabel would wear everywhere, and then Kama, came, Kama the Godfather came in and freaking started doing his thing with the Undertaker Undertaker was like the training ground back then if you could swear with the Undertaker, you could swear with anybody. Literally, even like a, that's another thing, uh, when they covered the streak in the last ride, like Edge talked about like uh, getting his match with Taker at 24. He said, like, when they put you against Taker at Mania, it's like, okay, they trust me. They really trust me. He trusts me. Like, they consider you, like, the guy. And to the point is, like, uh, a lot of people don't know this. He actually wanted the streak to end quite a few times. Yeah, he did. Uh, he originally wanted Angle to beat it. Angle refused. Uh, it got offered to Orton during his whole Legend Killer phase. He turned it down. Uh, Henry turned it down. Uh, there's even a point where they tried to get Sting for WrestleMania 27. That didn't work. They offered, they offered it to Brock, and obviously he accepted. It's literally like you standing there like, someone kill me now. Like, do it. Well, he never. Well, that's the thing. He didn't even know it was like kill the dead a, man. Do it. He didn't even know it was a streak at first until after a while when somebody told him it's like, oh, like you know, you're actually undefeated at Mania. And he's like, oh, like that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, and then it became a thing. And now, like, like one of the best comparisons probably had been from Arn Anderson, where he said uh, the Undertaker streak is like uh, at that time he was like, <laughs> I believe seventeen and zero, and it's like it's if the same. It's like as if. Uh, the same football team won 17 Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. And it really felt that way. Because every time when it came that time of year for Mania before, like, you know, like the last couple of years, it was just like, okay, who's Taker going to feud with? 
like who's it gonna be and everything and it start it started to become like a year appearance thing, but it's like who's yeah, it gonna it, be? Ev- everyone started anticipating it too. It's like oh, around this time, Undertaker announces his opponent. Yeah, it's like okay, who's it gonna be? Like uh, the Bray Wyatt one was probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, uh, even though good. even though like you know Bray had an ankle injury and he was somewhat kind of hindered, it was still a fucking classic. The only thing I don't like about that match is that they wrestled in the daytime, which is you know given their gimmicks is a fundamental no no. However, the entrances were amazing. Of course they were. Bray Wyatt with the Scarecrows, Undertaker with the freaking arms grabbing him, like the demons from hell grabbing him. In I the think that was from 29, but that was one of the best entrances ever, like all the souls that he's like claimed just reaching, reaching out, out for him. One of the best entrances I think I've seen him make is that 23 against Batista where you just see that beam of light and just the silhouette of him walking to the ring. It was like... Yo, like, that literally seemed otherworldly to me. The one that I liked, it was kind of a generic one for the time. Remember when they used to have the the uh, the cart come down in the shape of a wrestling ring yeah. at WrestleMania? Yeah. He had Undertaker come out to one of those, but with a live crow on a perch. Oh, yeah, at uh, nine. I thought that was, like, just for his character, having a live crow come out with you at the time, really good. Uh, but one thing that everybody's going to want to mention or talk about is how we never got the iconic match of him versus Sting, Sting or him versus insert whoever you want to see him face name here. But it's like uh, if you watched several of the, uh, I forgot, the Untold series on the WWE Network, if you watch uh, the Sting's debut where they mm-hmm. followed him debuting in Survivor Series to Mania, it got bought up. It was going to happen at first, but Taker was already slated for a feud with uh, Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And I found out why he lost that mania. It was because Triple H was about to kick his feud with The Rock, but his schedule changed, so they couldn't even do that match. So that kind of got... So yep. they had to just stick with the L. But, you know, then the injury with Seth happened, and... Taker even mentioned it a while ago saying, like, the match wouldn't be as good now as it should be. He thinks, like, it's just better off being a dream match because the expectations are too great to reach now. Exactly. He's like, 10 years ago, absolutely. Probably one of the greatest matches ever. If we, like, both of us in our prime. But now it's like, it's better off just being a fantasy because the expectations are just not attainable. Yeah. Like, uh, there's literally... We could go on we for go hours on about Taker, but... But this is our respect to the dead man, a man that has literally been in our homes, on our TVs... For decades. For decades. Undertaker, highly doubt you're going to listen to this, but if you are, and if you ever come across this... If we ever, if he ever does a meet and greet, I'm playing this for him. I'm just like, yo, I ain't gonna like say anything. I'm just like, yo, we made a video about your whole career. Look Podcast. at it. Podcast. I hope you like me. <laughs> <laughs> but from the bottom of our hearts, we want to extend the greatest gratitude from us to the Undertaker. Thank you for entertaining us for years, and thank you for being a part of our lives. So pretty much a straight up thank you, Taker. So, with that said, this has been it for us. I am the Grave Mistake Nikki Graves. I am Nathan Navajo Harris. Brought to you by Weed of Re- Weed and Wrestling. 
Check out our Instagram if you haven't yet. Keep an eye out for our YouTube. I will be posting about that soon. Until then, it's 420 somewhere. Keep rolling stoned. Stay stony. Set your clocks for 420. And have a nice day. Smoke responsibly, you bastards.